lunch and dinner on a rotating basis. And so we're targeting April um, 18th right now as the date to do that. 60 lunches, 60 bagged lunches. So details will be forthcoming and a sign-up sheet will be forthcoming. Um, you know, God will provide. You know that, right? I made one call and I already got all the uh, lunch meat. <laughs> so, uh, it'll be lunch meat, sandwiches, salad, chips, and I don't know if they're expecting a drink or not, but anyway, uh, we'll get the details out there. Next Sunday, there'll be a sign-up in the lobby for that. Uh, for those who are, are willing to donate uh, their time and, and effort. I'm not sure how that'll all happen yet, but uh, it will happen. Amen? Any other uh, needs or any other things I'm forgetting this morning? Well, I am thankful to God. How about you? I, um, I've been having some physical struggling, struggles of late, challenges, lack of sleep, many of you know that. And I was pretty exhausted yesterday, and I was like, how am I going to hear from God? But as always, God comes through. And I'm confident that I have a word for you this morning from Isaiah chapter 12 verses 2 to 6 Behold, God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid I think we heard that this morning, didn't we? Those of you who were here when we opened the service from uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation, and in that day you will say, Give thanks. To the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for he has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. And I can confidently say that the Lord is always in our midst. If not, it's just an exercise in futility. We, we need the Lord to be with us every time we gather. We need Him in our homes. We need Him at our jobs. We need Him in every aspect of our lives. Here we go. 
During prayer this week, I saw a brief image or vision, and the, it was simply this. I was watching the ground, and it was dark and, and barren and lifeless. But as I looked more closely, I noticed just under the surface, there was movement. There was life. There were signs of life ready to break forth. And I heard the word teeming. T-E-E-M-I-N-G. Teeming with life. And that word team is defined to bring forth, to give birth to, to become pregnant. <laughs> to become filled to overflowing, to abound. And the image that I've seen in the ocean and sometimes um, in a lake, but mostly in the ocean, when there's a school of fish, like minnows, small fish, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of them uh, scurrying, and, and there's just an incredible amount of movement going on, so much so that then the water begins to move. Can you relate to that? And this is the kind of thing that I'm sensing that God is about to do. We have to pay attention because you can't go by what the media portrays. You can't even go by what you see sometimes because it can be deceiving. <laughs> but it's time, this is what the Lord said to me yesterday, it's time to stop looking at what was and start looking at what is. Are you getting that? It's time to stop looking at what was or holding on to what was and start looking at what is. The body of Christ has been experiencing a shaking. FWC has been experiencing a shaking. Not just because of COVID-19, but because God is shaking up things. God is about to break forth in an unprecedented manner. In a way you can't relate to because it's never happened. You've never experienced that before. And so I've been experiencing the shaking, and I, if you're honest, I can probably say that everyone in this room and in, online has been experiencing some form of shaking. Because God wants to get your attention. Has he got your attention? You know, as we were singing that song this morning, let your fire fall, let your glory come down, I was thinking, what's going to happen to you? 
when the fire falls? What's going to be burned up? What's going to be affected in your life when the fire of God falls? Anything that is not of Him. Every, anything and everything that we place in a higher position in our life than Him. That's what is called an idol. And God is going to topple those things in the church, in the body of Christ, and in my life and in your life as well. But the good news is, while the shaking has been taking place, there's movement. There's forward movement. God is bringing things forward in His grand design of things to a head or a breaking forth point. Talks, the scripture alludes to this in Hebrews 12, 26 and 27, where it says, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. And it denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. I don't watch the news with any kind of regularity. My time is valuable and I won't waste it on what is termed fake news. But I wanted to watch the weather and I turned it on and did any of you see the eruption of the volcano in Iceland on Friday? And that was prophesied by Johnny Enlow one of the things he was, has been speaking about. And the, the earth has been trembling in Iceland for days on end. And finally, the volcano and the hot lava and the fire and everything was spreading out on the surface of the earth. That's the kind of thing, spiritually, that God is about to unleash. And it's going to be far more powerful than any volcano eruption. He's going to unleash His power and His glory. Like we were singing, but I don't think we knew what we were really singing when we said, let your fire fall, let your glory come down. Because it's not just some nice little thing. It brings about change. It brings about God's purposes. When His glory, when His presence, when there's a Holy Spirit invasion. Things happen. Things change. You change. And I change. But He's going to unleash His power and His glory and His plan for His sons and daughters and His plan for revival that is going to be like none other. But also for salvation. See, you've heard me say before, I, 
I, I look at things as a process. I am grateful that in 1978 I received Christ. I was saved. I, I experienced salvation. However, if that was the end of it, my life would still be quite a mess. How about you? So he has been continuing to save me. In the last 42 years, he's, I still need salvation. I don't know about you. If you don't think so, then you're deceived. And so much of what this is going to involve is not just people, what's called the billion soul harvest, not just people coming into the kingdom of God, but God's children are going to be changed. They're going to experience a deeper measure of his salvation. I've entitled this morning's message, You Choose. No, that's not the title. <laughs> but you choose. The source of life. Or, he's the center of it all. Both are certainly true. Everything the world, the United States of America, the body of Christ, you and I have been experiencing, has been in preparation for this teeming, this explosion of the very life and presence of Almighty God. For, the, for that giving birth or that filled to overflowing phenomenon, what will it be like? I don't know. It'll be good, but it'll also be challenging. Because when God shows up, things change. That means you and I have, will, will be changed for the, for the better. Jesus talked about this in the Gospels, Matthew 16, 2 and 3, speaking about the discerning of the signs of the times. And certainly, if you're paying any kind of attention, you will have noticed unusual storms, unusual winds, snow in Washington, D.C., which hasn't happened in, I think they said, 100 years or 75 years. Uh, incredible number of earthquakes, volcanoes erupting all over the globe. We should be paying attention. The earth is shaking in preparation for what God is planning. But it will be a joyous event. Um, I don't know if I actually sang this version of, of this song, but the song I was getting was Break Forth Into Joy, O My Soul. Some of you may be familiar with that way back from the 70s. You'll be dating yourself if you, if you know that song, but it goes like this. Break forth into joy, O my soul. In the presence of the Lord, there is joy forevermore. Break forth, break forth into joy, O my soul. For I'm building a people of power 
and I'm building a people of prayer that will move through the land by my Spirit and will glorify His precious name. Build your church, Lord. Make it strong, Lord. Join our hearts, Lord, through your Son. Make us one, Lord, in your body and the kingdom of your Son. Break forth into joy, O my soul. <laughs> and I'll, I'll spare you my singing of that. <laughs> Although I'm singing it inside. So, first of all, um, we have to come into agreement with, with what God is doing. Sometimes, you know, we struggle because we, we want to understand what it is He's doing. Well, if you wait till you understand, the move of God will pass you by, like watching a parade. There's a big difference between standing on the sidewalk and, and being a participant in what's moving down the street. I want all of you to enter the river, to flow where the river flows, go where the river goes. And I want to be there as well. So, he's the source of life. Number one, he's the source of salvation. In verse 2 in our text, in Isaiah 12. It says, God is my salvation, and he's your salvation in these dark and uncertain times. That word for God is Yeshua, where we get the name Joshua, which actually means God is salvation or the Lord is salvation. Acts chapter 4, verse 2, there is salvation in no one else. Because, why? There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, by which the world must be saved. Isaiah 56, 1-2 says, Preserve justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. How blessed is the man who does this, and the Son of Man who takes hold of it. It's saying, going where God's going, speaking what God is speaking, entering in and following the Spirit of the Lord in an Old Testament context there. But that, that's what it's saying. So we need to understand the times, like the sons of Issachar, First Chronicles 12, 32, and prepare ourselves to embrace and participate in what God is about to do. Psalms 27, 13 and 14, talks about the goodness of the Lord in the land. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see 
the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And what it's not saying there is don't move ahead of him and don't lag behind. Get in the flow of where God's doing, where God's going, and what he's doing. Second thing it says there in that same verse in our text, Isaiah 12, is source of strength. Your strength, your help comes from the Lord, in other words. For the Lord, it says, for the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Well, what do you mean? I thought he was your salvation. Well, it's an ongoing process of being saved. And so every situation where you need him to show up, when you need his help, there he is in the midst. I not going to read all of it, but uh, Exodus 15 records the song of Moses, which is the story of uh, God's salvation and bringing the, uh, the nation of Israel out from Egypt and into the promised land. Exodus 15, 1-2, I will sing to the Lord, for he has is highly exalted, the horse and the rider, the enemy, he has hurled into the sea, defeated. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will extol him. And whether you're a first-generation Christian or whether you're a tenth you come from a long line of Christians. He is your strength. He is your salvation. That's what the scripture says. And I believe it because it's truth. Psalm 18, verses 1 to 2. The Lord is praised there in that psalm for his deliverance. It reads, I love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. How many ways can we say it? Or the psalmist can say it. He is your go-to. He's your source of strength when you need it. And this might seem a little strange, but I, I was remembering, I used to work for a landscape company back in the day, and we had a company outing, and other than the secretary, it was all men, um, and a lot of young men. And I was one of the older men in the group. And so uh, we chose up teams, and we had a softball game. 
And they did not, they did not understand how strong I was. You know, sometimes youngsters think they can conquer the world when really the seasoned veteran is the one who hits the home run. Amen? And so I, I, I was able to get quite a bit of pleasure and laughter because when I started hitting, you know, they had moved the infield in. And so first time, boom, over their head, home run. Next time, they, so they, oh, we'll move a little bit further. And they moved a little bit further, boom, home run. Next time, boom. And so they're chasing themselves into exhaustion. <laughs> and, and I'm like... <laughs> you don't know how strong you are until you tap into his strength. You don't know what you can do. The level to which you can persevere until you tap in to the Lord's strength. The psalmist says it this way, Psalm 60, verse 12. Through God, through my God, through your God, we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our adversaries or our enemies. And so Christ in you, the hope of glory, fits there. So we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, it says that in Romans, Romans 13, 14, and make no provision for the flesh. And then we will be, Ephesians 6, 10, strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. I'll rely on his strength any day. I've seen firsthand what he can do in me and through me. And it's a far better job than I can do in my own strength. I'm not fond of hitting my head on cement walls. I don't know about you. I've been there, done that. And I'm not going back there. I'm relying on him. Number three. He is the source of our promises and provision. From verses three in our text. It says, therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on this verse, says this. Out of the wells of salvation in God, who is the fountain of all good to his people, you shall draw water with joy. God's promises revealed and ratified, given out to us in his ordinances, are springs or wells of salvation. 
you know, sometimes you don't understand how deep the well is until you decide you're going to draw from it. You don't understand how deep God's grace is, how deep God's love is. You don't understand the level of faith sometimes that's going to be required when God asks you to do something. It's very, very deep. Far deeper than in your own strength you can fathom or do anything, really. Isaiah 41, 17 and 18. The afflicted and the needy are seeking water, but there is none. I, the Lord, will answer them myself. As the God of Israel, I will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land fountains of water. Paraphrase, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He knows what he's doing and he knows when to do it. And you and I need to learn to step aside sometimes and stop trying, stop striving, and just let God be God. He does all things well. Second Corinthians 1.20 For as many are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. And the Passion reads this way. He has always been and always will be for us a resounding yes. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And his yes and our amen ascend to God and we bring him glory. And it is a glorious day when we stop trying to do it ourselves and allow God to do it. We can eliminate frustration. We can eliminate um, less lackluster results. We can eliminate failure completely when we allow God to take the lead. He has promised He would never leave us nor forsake us. So we need to see and speak His promises and provision and they will be released for His glory. And this is not what was termed name it and claim it. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying come into agreement with what God has already said in the Word. Period. And He will come through. He'll do whatever is necessary to bring victory and freedom and release and salvation. Keeping Him in the center releases His abundant life. John 10.10 
Either you can take center stage or you can let Jesus take center stage, which is his rightful place. The Christ-centered life. The life of a true disciple or Christ follower. And number four, a source of joy, praise, and thanksgiving from verses 4, 5, and 6 in our text. Verse 6, it says, Shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You know, his promise and his assurance is he is there. We're not, we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight, or not by goosebumps or feelings. We, we, we have to be, know and trust that what God says is true. If he says he's there in the midst, he's there in the midst. And he wants to train us and teach us his ways. I don't know about you, but I'm still learning that his ways are not my ways. But I need to learn his ways and make them my ways. Psalms 89, verses 15, verse 15. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. O Lord, they walk in the light of your countenance. In the Lord's presence. In the Lord's, with the Lord's Spirit. Releasing God's provision to bring about victory in every circumstance. From verse 5, praise the Lord. He has done excellent things. That is my testimony. If I were to look back and chronicle everything that God has done, every provision, every time he's rescued me from something foolish, it would, can, it, would be, it would take volumes <laughs> to contain all those things. And, and a lot I'm not even aware of. How many times he saved my life, for instance, by redirecting my plan for that day. Just a matter of seconds or minutes avoiding a car pileup or whatever. Plenty of those that I'm not even aware of, and I'm sure you're not. Isaiah 24, 14 to 16. They raise their voices, they shout for joy, and cry out concerning the majesty of the Lord. Glorify the Lord. We hear songs of glory to the righteous one. And... There's that beautiful song, Make Mention That His Name Is Exalted. I love it. And it just proclaims the faithfulness of God, the majesty of God, the power of God, the strength, and the ability in, at every time and in every way. Psalms 105, verses 1 to 3. We could uh, read a lot more of that psalm. 
about the wonderful works of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Talking about testifying. Telling people, this is what the Lord has done for me. They can't dispute your testimony. They might be able to argue scripture or you this and that, but they cannot, they cannot dispute your testimony, what you have seen the Lord do. Sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders, glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. And it, and it goes on and on and on. This is the quest of a Christ follower, of a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's another song, song give thanks with a grateful heart. First. Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you know that? If you know the word, it's God's will for you to be thankful. Not grumble, not complain. Not get out of sorts when you don't get what you want. You always get what you need, but you may not get what you want. <laughs> Give thanks. It is God's will for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, we need to proclaim. That's the value of a testimony. To proclaim what great and awesome things the Lord has done and continues to do for you and I. Read Deuteronomy 10.21 there, relating to that. He is the source of all that is good. Source of salvation, strength, promises, provision, joy, love, grace, peace, faith. He's the source of everything. He is the source of life. And I pray that today you will have a deeper appreciation of who he is, not for what he does. He does an incredible amount, but we need to be grateful, we need to be thankful that we have his life, his very life living within us. He is your source of life. God bless you today and every day.